0: Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. My Build Back Better Act. The BBB does a lot to reduce inflation. It's risky. It's expensive. The pandemic has been calling the shots for the economy. But the reality is, is inflation is growing. Kyle Reddinghaus. Final phase of our case. Yeah, if he was acting lawfully in self-defense, the ball game's over. Yeah. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Laprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in It's News and Views. Another week, lots to talk about today, a lot of breaking news. We'll get to uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, that guy, Thomas Binger, or Binger, how do you pronounce his last name? He's not impressive. He's, he's no Perry Mason. Let me put it that way. <laughs> Yeah, he's. uh, I listened to his closing
1: argument today, a little bit of it. Didn't listen to the defense, didn't have a chance to, but uh, there's a couple of moments where he just, I just flat out, I thought misrepresented the truth of what went on during the trial. I mean, it's one thing, I mean, they all try to skew the evidence a little bit, but I just thought it was a couple of instances he just, like, no, that's not what. That's not what was said in the trial, so uh, I was surprised the judge didn't step in on that.
0: Yeah, and, you know, related to that, the, um, the judge, let's see, he threw out the uh, possession of a dangerous weapon charge against Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, apparently, it was very, very ambiguous. What is the definition of a short gun? It's illegal for a minor to have a short gun. Mm -hmm. a short rifle and uh the prosecutor never uh, maybe he knew it wasn't a short rifle so therefore he never brought it up but they never looked into kyle rittenhouse's rifle his particular rifle although the barrel of the one they said he possessed would not be considered a short rifle so anyway the judge threw that out but uh what was really strange is the lead prosecutor Came out, this is cut three, Clark, came out today and said that Rittenhouse has lost his right to self defense when he shot Joseph Rosenblum Rosenbaum in Kenosha last summer because he was the one that brought the gun. So apparently, if I, I mean if you if you take that to the furthest extent, if you're concealed carry permit holder in North Carolina, if you take this guy's logic and you have a gun and somebody attacks you in the street, you pull out your gun and defend yourself and shoot the person as he's getting ready to hit you in the head with a mallet. You shoot him, defend yourself. Apparently, you don't have the right to claim self-defense because you brought the gun. Yeah, that... <laughs> this is, this is the genius that this, I, I mean... It's going to be interesting to see if this guy gets reelected.
1: And and actually that's the statement that he made that um, l- legally was not factual. And, I, and it, to me I thought it would the judge and I, I'm not again I'm no lawyer but I mean when you make a a, a statement that is not legally true to the jury um I, maybe you're allowed that in closing arguments I don't I don't know. Well
0: <laughs> it, this is not the first time he's been reprimanded but this is this is the closing argument by the prosecutor. He brought his AR15. That's why he's got to come up with this cockamamie theory that Joseph Rosenbaum was not only going to take the gun, but take it and then turn it on the defendant. And the defendant actually told you that he thought Joseph Rosenbaum was going to take that gun and not only kill him, but kill other people, which is really ironic considering the defendant is the one who killed people in this case and the only one. But putting that aside, they have to convince you that Joseph Rosenbaum was going to take that gun and use it on the defendant because they know you can't claim self-defense against an unarmed man like this. You lose the right to self-defense when you're the one who brought the gun, when you're the one creating the danger, when you're the one provoking other people. Now, obviously, he's trying to convince the jury
1: that's that's the statement that that i was talking about when he says you lose the right because you bring self that's not true oh. i mean i've i've heard legal experts i'm not familiar with wisconsin law but you know impartial legal experts have said that is not the law And they've in fact last night i heard them read the law about that and that was that's not the law
0: well and again um and by the way one of the one of the individuals that was shot did have a gun yeah, so I, I'm you know he sort of loses the in fact, argument there. Um,
1: that's the guy that he was talking about, Rosenbaum, right? Was it? I I I, 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 get I have names. not
0: followed this as closely as a lot of. Uh, I, I mean, the, the the following online of this case has been over the top. A lot of people are following it. I'm not one of them, but um, it, it was uh, earlier in the case, and this was a couple of weeks ago. The prosecutor got reprimanded because. This uh, Thomas uh, Binger had uh, come out and said that it, it was to- – that uh, Kyle Rittenhouse did not have a right to keep silent. His right to, to uh, keep quiet on this whole case was uh, – he, he did not have that right. And, of course, that's when the judge, Bruce uh, Schroeder, said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, that That is a – very much a constitutional right. Anyway, that – I I will say this, again, I am not following this as uh, closely as a lot of folks are, but from what I've seen, I will be shocked if this guy's found guilty on any of the counts. I,
1: I can't imagine, because to me, you know, the prosecutor can say all he wants, but evidence submitted to this trial shows video evidence of a guy running away from people. Running away. It doesn't matter if he's got a gun or not. Do you not have a right to flee Right. But then when someone attacks you, do you not have a right to protect yourself? Bingo. And get, I mean, the guy was and, – and bottom line is, you know, they can make him act like something he's not. At the time, he was a kid. He's a 17-year-old kid. But the video evidence is clear. He was running away, and they attacked him. He did not shoot anybody until he was chased, hit in the head with a skateboard. And, and, then, rocks. and, and so, rocks. And rocks. And rocks. And then a guy pulls a 9 millimeter on, you know, and hey, sorry guy, you go pull if, a gun on somebody, you get your bicep blown off, I mean, that's if, your fault. If,
0: if you can't claim self-defense in that scenario, when can you claim self-defense? Exactly. But again, I'll be surprised. The other thing that just blows my mind, though, is how they're vilifying Kyle Rittenhouse and yet— Everybody else was just out for a stroll that night. <laughs> and, and They're the, burning down the city. Yeah, and the video evidence presented, I mean, you can see fires
1: in the background oh, yeah. of buildings being burned down. And, and the news media, particularly the left, you know, mainstream media, they are just, they should they should be ashamed. And they keep bringing up this as a race issue, as a race issue. Well, everything's yeah, a race issue. Yeah, Yeah, there was riots going on because... You know, they were upset that a black person pulled a knife on a cop and a cop shot him. They're upset. And if, you know, that's the reason they're upset, they're upset. But the fact that Kyle Rittenhouse, um, making it a race issue, calling him a white supremacist, heck, the President of the United States called him a white supremacist. It, someone was on Fox News Saturday night. I, I don't know her. She's a black female. I've never actually never heard of her before. She said... um, How can you make this a a black white white supremacist issue when when everyone in this particular case would call in that they were all white? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) you know. So it's just, again, the, the mainstream media and certain on the progressive left and the Democrat Party
0: just making race about every single issue. Well, the race card has been played for decades, literally. It's been played for decades, but now it's on steroids. Uh, well, it, it's, yeah. They, 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 it doesn't matter what the issue is. If you disagree with anything that the progressive woke mob wants to push, you're branded as a racist. And I've been saying since we started this program— Twelve years ago now, that you, you got to get over being called a racist. I mean, if you're a conservative, face it, you're gonna be called a racist no matter what. I mean, I'm you know I'm sure people behind my back, which I've never met them, but you know the 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 liberals that get together and and mock conservative radio, I'm sure I'm. <laughs> They think I'm a member of the Klan or something because everybody that disagrees with the liberal progressive woke mob is going to be branded a racist because they don't have any. De- they can't debate the issue.
1: No, they have no argument. What is who was it said? Uh, weak point, speak louder. Yeah, scream. Yeah. that's Yeah. Weak the, point, speak louder and call your opponent a racist. Yep. I mean, that's all they got. That's all the Democrat Party has is calling somebody a racist. That's
0: pretty much it. Changing gears a little bit, the uh, News and Observer, along with a number of other media outlets, is announcing, and including uh, Phil Berger, announcing that tonight could be the final state budget for North Carolina. It's supposed to become public sometime this evening online, but uh, some of the highlights from um, Representative Jason Sane Says basically that um, uh, teachers, you're going to be happy with this, uh, uh, unless now I, I think the governor probably my hunch is he'll veto it, but apparently they've got enough votes to override it. Now perhaps the governor won't veto this if he knows that they have enough votes to override it because he don't want to be embarrassed and have it overridden. But uh, the teachers, you're going to see a five percent raise over the next two years, along with state employees and uh, there will be some income tax cuts. Uh, the The goal is to get it, I think, by next year, your personal income tax will be 3.9% in the state of North Carolina. And over the next six years, they want to get the state income tax down to zero. Uh, this, I'm sorry, this um, the, the corporate income tax down to zero. So, um, I, you know, North Carolina has been... Uh, branded by a number of publications over the last couple of years as one of the friendliest places for businesses to relocate. And this is and this has all happened under the uh, leadership of a Republican legislature. And if they can get the uh, state um, income, not the state income tax, keep saying that the uh, the corporate income tax down to zero percent, that will be huge. I think so. It's.
1: It's hard to explain to people that don't understand economics, but you know when when you have a corporate income tax, you say, "Okay, corporations are not going to pay tax." Well, people that don't know a lot about economics, just I mean, that's hard for them to accept. But guess what? <laughs> They're not deciding to take lesser profits; they are passing that on to the consumer right. when they pay taxes. So, who who do, who do you want to make decisions with your life? Would you like to have a cheaper product? that a company provides, or would you like to have a more expensive product that a company provides, and that product is more expensive, and the difference in that price goes to bureaucrats
0: in Raleigh to decide what they want to do with it? That's a simple simple way to look at it. And not only that, but the people that own the stock in the corporation, as they make money off the stock that they own, they are going to be paying taxes on that capital gains that they make. Uh, The other interesting thing about this, though, which was a real pleasant surprise to me, is um, a couple of pleasant surprises. One, uh, Jason Sane says, you know what, we have got enough votes from the Democrats and then some to override a veto from the governor. But in this bill, they have reinstated the the bill, I think it was, I think it was uh, House Bill 264. I think was the number. It was actually sponsored by our friend Keith Kidwell, but they have reinserted, in essence, that bill back into the budget, which would put limits on the governor's powers during an emergency. And essentially, it is exactly what the Keith Kidwell bill originally said: that you need to get the approval of the um, other members of the Council of State. And then after 60 days, it would go over to the state legislature, and they would have to uh, uh, give approval for the emergency powers to continue. So, I mean, right now, technically, we're still under a state of emergency, thanks to the Emperor Cooper. So they have reinserted this. And again, Jason Sain says, this is not a poison pill. This will not, people will not vote against, the people that are going to b- vote for the budget are still going to vote for the budget, even though this is in here. That's how I read what he says. So uh, this is uh, this is some pretty positive news,
1: and I've got some more. Well, I mean, we've got breaking news like crazy today. But uh, and, and if I repeat something that you just said, I was reading my my email. But from Jim Perry, Senator Jim Perry right. that represents Wayne and uh, Lenore counties, just said. Um, that within this uh, budget uh, that will be voted on this week, the Emergency Powers Act will be amended, which you stated, but also a law against collusive settlements will be included. There you go.
0: Which is again going back to Josh Stein, right? And uh, what he did with the state board of elections behind the backs of the state legislature, which again was highly illegal. But uh...
1: and 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 if you if you mentioned this, and I was I was reading his email. I'm sorry, but. Um, also, uh, in this budget, military pensions will be exempt from state income taxes. I
0: did not uh, – yeah, I, I, that's in this article. I did not mention that, so thanks um, for bringing that up. And, and, and by the way, uh, Medicaid expansion is not a part of this. Tim Moore said, you know what, if you put it in there, it's not going to pass. There's enough re- Republicans in the state house that would not vote for it, and so that is not a part of this And part. also
1: a raise for retirees. I don't know if you mentioned that, but there will be a raise for retirees uh, in
0: this budget. So anyway, um, great news for uh, teachers, for state workers, and for the taxpayers of North Carolina. So, uh, but, you know, the, the idea that, um, the, it, well, out of this article in the News & Observer, the compromise budget also mirrors the Senate's earlier tax plan, which would reduce the personal income tax rate to 3.9%, starting with a reduction to 4.9% next year. It would also completely phase out the corporate income tax over six years. So uh you know if if North Carolina is considered a great place to relocate uh, your business uh now over the next 6 years it should look even better.
1: And you know uh I think if this budget gets passed what I'm hearing uh it should get passed and I it's a good chance it could be veto proof if if Governor Cooper does not sign and you know, kudos to friends of our program, Senator Jim Perry and uh, Keith Kidwell. Um, I mean, they've been on this program a number oh, yeah. of times, and you're seeing a lot of things that they've been working and yeah. pushing for. Yeah. So
0: uh, hats off to those guys. Absolutely. we got to take a time out. Lots more to talk about. Love to hear from you. Five six one eight two five five. Stay with us. We'll drive right back. <laughs> This is your Drive at 5, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, guys, uh, 40 days to Christmas, so uh, you better figure out what you're going to get your uh, woman. And uh, ladies, you better figure out what you're going to get your man. Parents, you better figure out what you're going to get your kids, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, that's hard to believe. Where has the year gone? Mm -hmm. Next week's Thanksgiving. Um, take a look at your weather forecast this afternoon. Well, this afternoon is over. Tonight, uh, get your long johns out. Frost, low tonight, 29. I don't think we haven't gotten below. I, well, this part of Eastern Carolina hadn't seen a frost yet. So. No, I
1: think, um, I think we had a little light dusting of frost um, this morning a little bit. But not. this is going to be serious tonight.
0: Yeah. So uh, tomorrow, though, sunny, high near 63. Tomorrow night, a low around 44. Wednesday, sunny with a high near 73. And uh, I think Thursday is supposed to get up into the upper 70s. So hang in there. After tonight, it uh, warms up again. Uh, I'm feeling a golf game in Ironwood Thursday. Well, we'll have to see. (laughs) By the way, while while I've uh, got it on my mind, we're going to have Greg Murphy on Friday. And uh, he is going to be, you know, they signed the BBBBS BS bill today. And uh, the, <laughs> the next uh, version of, of uh, Bill Back Better 2.0, um, the, the big, big boondoggle, uh, you know, I was talking to Murphy's uh, office today and I said, okay, they thought, well, okay, this could come up for a vote this week. And I, you know, I was friendly, but I said, really? I said, you really think it's going to come up this week? I said, I'm I'm very skeptical that they'll vote on this prior to, uh, prior to Thanksgiving. And she wrote back, uh, uh Kate Curry's young lady that works for, uh, Greg and said, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but we will uh, have a chance to talk to, uh, Representative Murphy. And the last time we talked to him is before they, uh, voted on the infrastructure bill. And, uh. He's he said rather disgruntlingly that uh, there were some Republicans that would vote for it. Um, now, Greg Murphy was obviously against the bill, and uh, what's Ronald Reagan's thirteenth commandment? Don't spill, speak ill of uh, another Republican. I, you know, I, I sort of feel like that has flown out the window because these Republicans aren't acting as Republicans; they're voting with the Democrats. And uh, yeah, we yeah, we talked about we
1: talked about last week the. Ones that voted for it. I would love to see a run and tally of what's going to their district by district or by state.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope they get primaried, and a lot of them will. Uh, News and Observer is uh, reporting on the McCray Dallas episode. Uh, he is the quote political operative. I, you know, he just doesn't come across to me as a political operative. But nonetheless, he got a job uh, trying to work on. The uh, former Baptist uh, minister Harris—what was Harris's first name? Um, mm. Mm. How quickly we forget. Mark Harris. Mark Harris. Mark Harris yep. from uh, Charlotte, and uh, he is charged with um, basically going out and bundling votes, and uh, he is—he was is, he is up on charges that uh, he broke the election laws, and uh, they offered him a plea deal which if he agreed to uh plead guilty and also agreed not to work on elections in the future he would receive a little just a little prison time uh he has come out today and said no i'm going to i'm going to fight the charges you know it's interesting uh, uh, amongst the charges he is fighting is, are are things that Nancy Pelosi's HR1 bill she wanted to legalize mm. Mm-hmm. and uh, ballot harvesting, and, uh, you know, she wanted to, she wanted that to be legal. And Democrats and other states, it is legal, and Democrats are doing it. One of the things that maybe he's got this up his sleeve are his attorney, who's a guy named Drew Sprague, uh, you know, they, they're saying, well, you know, Democrats do this all the time. They get away with it, which <laughs> I, I, I have no firsthand knowledge, but it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of like uh... – that's just kind of like
1: saying, "Well, hey, hey, you know, you robbed a bank." I mean, that's so all I, why I, can't that's, I? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not, not guilty. because you That's did not this. much of a defense. No, it's
0: not. It's not. But at the same time, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's right. But um, we'll see where that goes. apparently, he's going to fight it, and uh, he's already serving prison time for social security fraud. I see. Other the other problem he has is not a real credible guy. No. <laughs> he mm-hmm. does He doesn't have. He doesn't have exactly the Boy Scout image. Uh, Daily Wire's reporting, Patrick Leahy is not going to run for re-election.
1: 75 Mm. years in office.
0: You're close. (laughs) A long time. You're close. He's been up there for, I think it's eight terms. Eight terms. He's in his eighth term. Mm. He has been up there since 1974. Some of the people that are serving in the Senate... We're not even born in 1974.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. You know, I don't know if you remember at the um, impeachment hearings, you know, those sham impeachment hearings of Trump. Um, he he uh, he had a few moments asking questions and making statements via Zoom or whatever. And I was like, man, follow time is caught up
0: with that. Oh, guy. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he is losing it. He, he and um, Joe Biden can have yeah. uh, adjoining rooms. At the home, uh, yeah, he is he is uh, over the hump. Let's put it that way. Uh, yeah, I you know, boy, is, if he's not a poster child for term limits, I don't know who is. You stop and think about it. So he's been up there for uh, forty eight years. Forty eight so years.
1: So he was almost there for Watergate.
0: Uh, let's see,
1: he wouldn't have been there for Watergate, but no, just just after, just about yeah. just after
0: Watergate. Yeah, just about. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, Watergate was. Um, what The the trial for Watergate was probably, uh, was it over by that November? I'm thinking, but it was right about that time. You know, I, I read that story about him uh, not running.
1: I wish I would have looked up. I w- what would be interesting to see? This guy has been in, in office since 1974. I'd like to see his latest financial disclosure form.
0: Oh, you know, it's, it's, he's gone from little <laughs> to much.
1: Yeah just amazes me when you see these guys like it's been there forever and their financial disclosures forms there's just absolutely no way you can amass that kind of wealth and i hadn't seen his but i might peek
0: at it tonight democrats by and large are are not handling failure well Uh, i mean you'd think they would because they they basically fail at all they do but they're they're not handling the fact that their polling is just rock bottom you see that Kamala Harris's approval rate is twenty eight percent. Twenty eight percent. Yeah, get rid of that laugh, and you might uh, go up a, a percentage or two.
1: And 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 tradi- traditionally, uh, networks that are favorable to Democrats, the mainstream oh, media, man, they're absolutely. talking about it now. Oh yeah. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, you just can't av- you can't avoid the issue. She
0: is unpopular. CNN came out with a piece that um, CNN. <laughs> this is not Fox News. Uh, uh, the defense of Harris follows a pair, and yeah, her her staff is defending her, and the and the White House is pretending to defend her. Uh, the scuttlebutt is though that Biden and Harris are not getting along. She wants to do more, and Biden doesn't want her to do anything. And uh, apparently, the the complaints from the White House, the 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 president's White House, is uh, that. She shows up, and she's totally unprepared, and she certainly seems to be totally unprepared. But uh, so, so anyway, her her staff came out. Oh, she's wonderful. She's wonderful. The defense of Harris follows a pair of CNN reporters writing an article titled Exasperation and Dysfunction Inside Kamala Harris, Frustrating Start as a Vice President, which cites dozens of staffers at Harris's office in the White House saying there are problems between the two. Quote, but many... But with many sources speaking on anonymity to discuss the situation more frankly, they all tell roughly the same story. Harris's staff has repeatedly failed her and left her exposed, and family members have often had an informal say within her office. Even some have been asked for advice, lament Harris's overly cautious tendencies, and staff problems, which have been a feature of every office she's held from San Francisco District Attorney to the U.S. Senate, the reporters wrote. Uh, Again, Harris's numbers have plunged to 28 percent approval rating and uh, Joe Biden's relationship with Harris is in crisis. And again, this is coming out of CNN. So as to your point, which you brought up last week. Are they turning on this administration?
1: Well, I think it's been a plan all along, but. uh, Yeah, but the turning
0: on Kamala Harris, too. Yeah.
1: And. I I don't see how they cannot. I mean the the, whenever she presents something, um, she abs absolutely seems completely unprepared. Now you can blame that on her staff or not, but you should have something reasonably intellectual to say about a topic if right. you're vice president right. of the United States. Because uh, hey, you can do a little bit of prep work yourself. Y-
0: I mean, <laughs> y- yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, if I was in her position and I didn't have some trusted sources within my staff, I, and I realized, you know, like we do our own prep work for this program every day, and it takes a couple of hours every day out of our uh, out of our day to do it. But y- you want to be prepared. You don't want to come out here and sound like a total moron. But apparently if you're the vice president, that's acceptable. <laughs> it is
1: for her anyway. Yeah, there was one report out this weekend. and I just happened to be flipping through news stories. And uh, y- you may remember what it was i don't remember who was reporting it but basically it was comments from her husband what is it, m off i can't think of his first name mm-hmm. the the what what do they call him the the first general second gentleman i think is the Something title like that, yeah but he was he was defending her in the terms of the pressures of on her of being the first black asian american i think is that. <laughs> And I'm like, what in the hell does that have to do with not doing a good job? Everybody's got to be the victim.
0: I mean, everybody's got to be the victim.
1: I mean, victimhood. I mean,
0: it's always victim, victim, victim. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when she speaks, she just doesn't know what she's talking about. Yeah. But but it's because wait, you know, you stop and think about it, connect the dots. So if you follow his logic, is, is he basically disparaging? comments towards black women of asian descent yeah who knows but I, you know I, maybe it was last week or a
1: week before last i talked about you know Bar- barack obama what, th- there were so many topics barack obama knew n- absolutely nothing about
0: like those 57
1: states yeah but i mean but he was i mean he was really extremely talented at making it and making someone that didn't know the difference think yeah. oh man he's on top of it yeah because yeah. he was good about saying well Number one, we've got to do this. Number two, we've got to do this. Number three, we've got to do this. And what he just said, the first three things he just said, makes absolutely no sense to people that understand the issue. Right. But he was good at it. But, I mean, yeah, but, but, she, but she can't
0: fake it. No. She no. can't fake it. She doesn't know the topic, and she can't fake it. So. Speaking of morons, Beto O'Rourke came out today and said he's going to run against Abbott for the uh, Texas governorship. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Abbott may have a challenger. Who knows? Oh, he's got some Republican challengers yeah. first. But uh, Beto, a publication, the Texas Monthly confronted Beto earlier today, um, talked about how unpopular he was. Um, O'Rourke enjoyed widespread support from progressives when he first hit the national scene and announced a run for the Senate against Ted, uh, Ted Cruz But in a survey from the University of Texas at Austin and the Texas Tribune, just 35 percent of voters rated O'Rourke favorably, while 50 percent rated him unfavorably. That's almost as bad as um, Kamala Harris. But um, so he's trying to blame Abbott with the cold snap that they had last year (laughs) down in Texas. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the irony of that is now beta would be all over wind turbines and solar panels. And that was the biggest failure. It was so cold the wind turbines wouldn't turn. And uh, but hey, Beto's got it all taken care Beto of. Beto
1: doesn't have a clue, but but you know, the thing that uh, the thing that scares me about Beto, I mean he he beat uh, or he he didn't uh, lose to Ted Cruz by much. And and I talked about that when we were looking at the presidential election. I was worried about Texas, and you know everybody was kept discounting, hey, Texas in the bag. Well, you know, Donald Trump didn't win Texas by. What about eight or nine points less than what he did in two thousand, what twenty sixteen? Excuse me. So you know Texas is turning a little bit. How in the world they can vote for a buffoon like Beto O'Rourke yeah, would surprise question. me. But then again, who knows? I mean, I think he, I mean, I think Ted Cruz only beat him by like four points or
0: something, something like that. Yeah. but four points is while it sounds small, it's a little bit larger than. In, in political circles, that's, uh, or political elections, that's, I, I wouldn't say that's, uh, you know, neck and neck, razor thin.
1: And he's even less of a mental giant than, than Vice President Harris. I mean, he. <laughs> and,
0: and, and listen, I, I really like Ted Cruz, but Ted Cruz does have the, um, ability to rub some people the wrong way.
1: Yeah. And Ted Cruz, um, uh, you know he he's obviously smart. I mean Alan Dershowitz, which was his law school professor, said, said he, yeah. he was the smartest student that he's ever had. Yeah, and and that's Alan pretty Ders- that's pretty high praise. <laughs> and Alan, Alan Dershowitz is a Democrat. But you know sometimes Ted Cruz can I think can get a little come off as a little bit. Um, you know he's he's so smart sometimes he talks over people sometimes. Yeah. So, I mean,
0: yeah. yeah. I, I mean I, I like him. I, I yeah, think I do he'd be, too. I, he'd be a great. Uh, I think he'd be a great president one day, but, um, but but he, I don't think he will be because of that issue that he rubs people the wrong way. Um, by the way, speaking of uh, all the elections and midterms, et cetera, with one year left, this is from Fox News, with one year left until 2022 midterms, uh, Democrats are warning voters that Republicans—are you ready for this?—are too dangerous to control Congress, and they're a threat to the health of democracy— <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is rich. The Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee on Monday issued a memo obtained by Politico that slammed House Republicans' reckless and dangerous vision for America, saying they demonstrate every single day how serious, cynical, and dangerous their return to power would be. The stakes are clear. House Republicans are too dangerous for American families. Do these people not realize that—I You know, I, I realize some people don't ever— Watch the news, and you know they're into MTV or whatever. I mean, I realize there's a segment of our society that is totally clueless, but the people that get out and vote on a regular basis, I think they're a little smarter than the Democrats give them credit for.
1: Mm-hmm. I hope you're right, but I don't know.
0: <laughs> I mean, I mean, <clears throat> fundamentally, I you know, there
1: are some things I disagree with Republicans on, but the, the bottom line is if you think the democrat and i'll call it the democrat marxist agenda which is clearly a marxist agenda by just just look at their platform if you think the Republicans are more dangerous than the Democrats, based on the n- the number of people in this world that had died at the hands of Marxism and communism. Then, if you don't get that, I, I you know,
0: well, when Democrats say Republicans are too dangerous, what they're really saying now, I, again, you know, it's like when Obama says, "Oh, your vote for hope and change." When they say they're too dangerous and a threat to the health of democracy, they're not talking about our republic. Uh, they're talking about it is dangerous if they get be in into office because their agenda is yeah. screwed.
1: So. <laughs> it's dangerous for Democrats because they're out of power. That's the only thing you are concerned about. Bingo.
0: we got to take another time out. Stay with us. More news and views coming right <laughs> place to talk about coronavirus on to police everything give me liberty or give me COVID 19 right now more news and views on talk 96.3 and 103.7 welcome back in and congratulations to mike houston who by the way had a birthday over the weekend nice birthday party for mike on saturday oh yeah he turned i think 50 every we didn't weekend. get an invite uh, no <laughs> <laughs> the um a fun game to watch i you know it was i was shocked that the other team did not go for the extra point they went for the two points at the end and um but hey a wins a win we'll take it if navy goes up i mean if uh, ecu goes up and beats navy and then we have cincinnati coming in you know i I was talking to Jeff Connors, who is the former weight and conditioning coach for the football team and for a lot of the athletics over at uh, ECU, and uh, you know he's he knows more about football. He, he'll forget more than I'll ever know, but he was saying that Navy's defense is not very strong, so that might be good for ECU going in there. But uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens when uh, Cincinnati comes to town, because Cincinnati has had a lot of close games mm-hmm. and uh, some teams that. Uh, are not as talented as ECU has played them pretty close.
1: You know, this week in that game, I was <clears throat> I was in the mountains and I was heading uh, I was heading through an area that I knew was coming close to no cell service. <laughs> and uh, so you I, stopped and well, no, I kept checking the scores and uh, and I saw it ECU thirty and um, Memphis twenty nine, but it didn't say it was a final, and I lost service. And I didn't get it back for like two hours later, or an hour later, yeah, about an hour later. And I was like, well, "Surely, surely they they tied it up, <laughs> you know." And I didn't know, I didn't know that they went for two and missed it until yeah. an hour or so later.
0: Now, I, I think the kicker for Memphis was uh, struggling, mm-hmm. and uh, but still, he he had kicked a couple of field goals and a couple of extra points. Now he did miss an extra point earlier in the game, but uh, anyway, he they decided to go for two and didn't get it in. Um, and you were saying that uh, ABC is going to carry. The... I think it
1: was announced today that ABC is going to have that game, Cincinnati ECU game in Greenville at three thirty. So their their prime game. So there that'd be. Go. I hope day uh, after Thanksgiving. hope ECU can win and hope Cincinnati can win.
0: Well, I mean, need to need to fill up the stadium. And uh, I think it's a Friday game. It's a Friday afternoon Friday game. game. Yeah, yeah day mm-hmm. after Thanksgiving. Earlier uh, over the weekend. The Marie Antoinette of news, MSNBC host, Stephanie Ruhle. She got slammed big time over the weekend after she claimed that it was a dirty little secret that people have the money to offset any skyrocketing inflation rates. Because according to her, people have been saving money and the stock market's been good.
1: And the dirty little secret here, Willie, while nobody likes to pay more, On average, we have the money to do so. Household savings hit a record high over the pandemic. We didn't really have anywhere to go out and spend. And as we said a moment ago, we're expecting retail sales this holiday season to break records. For those who own their homes, the value of our homes are up. And while the stock market isn't the economy... You got over half of American households with some investment in the markets, and the markets have hit record highs. So we need to put all of this in perspective. This time last year, when you and I were talking,
0: Willie, nobody had a vaccine. Now 200 million Americans do, and we're seeing this push of demand, and that's pushing up pricing. So who pays her salary? The (laughs) the Biden administration or MSNBC? Yeah, she's...
1: um... That that makes me feel better when I go pay yeah. $4 a gallon for gas. Oh, yeah. Um, gas is up 50% since January. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what, one thing she said is true. I mean, it's pe- people, you know, the United States economy is more a consumption-based economy, more so than a production-based economy. That's just the facts. I mean, that's – and when people's uh, retirement plans are up, when home values are up, when, when, when they have that mental – uh Picture of hey, my financial situation is better than normal. They spend more money, whether that, whether it's right right or not. They do spend more money. But, that that's true. But That's not but, a defense for a bad policy. But, but <laughs> I mean, the,
0: the I mean, these people are always about class warfare, right? And yeah. they're always saying, "Oh, this is for the little guy." The people, the, the lower income people who don't own their homes, who don't own any stock, exactly. They're they're the ones that are getting the the roll into the stick. John Najarian, the investor, said, with rising inflation and greater valuations for asset that generates wealth, the gap between the most and the least well-off Americans is getting wider. Lower-income households have less flexibility in how they spend. Thus, the dirty little secret is that inflation hurts the lower-income folks more than other folks. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, it it may change my habits of...
1: You know what? I don't.
0: I don't think we're you going might have steak once a month instead of every other week. Uh, well, I'm not going to sacrifice that much. No, <laughs> but but, uh,
1: uh, but no. I mean, it may affect me. You know, let's just go out to eat. You know, no. but it's not going to make me go to the grocery store and, and question if I can afford to get milk for my family. Right. I mean, to your point. But there's some people that it will. It will and I'm I'm thankful. It's really not. But th- these people are so tone deaf. I mean, they live in a bubble, and she—I mean—that statement was just ridiculous.
0: Yeah, and and uh, they've destroyed the economy. I mean, nine months ago, ten months ago, there was zero inflation, or it wasn't—you know—it wasn't even a blip on the radar. And today, and listen, it's not COVID. It is, it is the printing of thousands and billions and trillions of dollars. That's the word. <laughs> That's what they keep saying. Transitory. We'll, we'll be right, right back. News and views. He's kind of a diva. He's absolutely
1: fascinating. Ultimate gentleman spy. Irresistible to women, deadly to his enemies,
0: a legend in his own time. You won't believe what he's going to say next on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Here's Tom Lemfreck. Welcome back in. The Blaze and Fox News are both reporting on a... Parents that showed up at a Fort Worth, Texas um, board school board meeting, and um, he immediately started jumping not only on the board, but the parents that were there and saying that he has had it with anybody that disagrees with critical race theory, <laughs> and that he had a thousand soldiers ready to go. And that he and they would be locked and loaded next time. Some of the parents who were there literally felt threatened. I mean, this was a this was a fairly big man, and he was shouting and hollering and pointing fingers. Finally, the police and the sheriff escorted him out. And uh, there was he. He later said to some news outlets, "Oh no, 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 no! I wasn't threatening anybody." Um, here's the bottom line, though. Will Merrick Garland pay any attention to this guy? Now, he he called concerned parents who didn't want CRT taught to their kids, he called them domestic terrorists. Will he pay any attention to this individual? Unbelievable. If I'd have been there, I'd, I'd have just got up there and looked at him and said, I'm your huckleberry.
1: <laughs> That's a movie line for you movie people. Hey,
0: thanks for being with us. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5 o'clock. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.